turn back on. Welcome to Horse Welcome to Horsefly Chronicles Radio with Julia and Philip Siracusa. Sponsored by Carnation. Airing live on United Public Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. This show's opening has been produced, edited, narrated by Gwen Luckett at gluckett.com. Everyone and welcome to Horsefly Chronicles Radio with myself, Julia Syracusa, and Phil Syracusa. We are broadcasting live from the United Public Radio Network on 105 FM and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by Carnation, so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. We love them. You'll have to do a few things in order to participate in chat. Go to our YouTube page. UFO Paranormal Radio, go to all of our Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, UFO Undercover with Joe Montaldo, News on the Flip Side, Horsefly Chronicles Radio, SoundCloud, Podbeam, Twitch, all those platforms. Um, so tonight, guys, we have another pair of amazing guests. So please welcome to the show, Joe and Jennifer Shortridge. They are a brother and sister duo. Joe and Jen have been interested in all things paranormal since they were very young. Over 385 episodes on their podcast, the 222 Paranormal Podcast. Joe and Jen have had many experiences that have um, that we're gonna dig deep in tonight. Um, they're, they're also lead ghost hunts and appear as speakers and vendors all over the U.S. So please let's welcome them to the show. Hey, hey. Thanks for having us. We Welcome. really appreciate you guys having us on tonight. Thank you. We're Thank so excited you. to be Thanks here. For coming we really on. are. I've been so, looking forward to this. Us, we always like to like go right from the beginning, like take us to the beginning of your story of how you sure. guys kind of like ventured into the paranormal and how did it get you to where you are today? Sure, great. You know, I've always had this great pension for mystery and um ghosts and Bigfoot. I remember when I was really young, my dad was an avid reader and he had had a um, UFO experience when he was a young man in his 20s. 
and him and his brothers had seen a, a UFO. And so when I was little in the 70s, I'm dating myself here, um, we would go to the library. And if you remember, you know, in the 70s into yeah. the early 80s, there was a section about one foot long of just books that are like fringy, yeah. paranormal, UFO. And so we would always go there and, and, and get these books out that talked about the Loch Ness and the monster or UFOs or Bigfoot sightings. And then we would watch In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy, if you remember that show. So that kind of started me on the journey. I've always loved mystery. I've had some stranger paranormal experience when I was um, in my mid-20s, um, early 20s into my mid-20s. And that kind of just sparked the journey that I really always was fascinated with old locations, haunted locations. I think you're going in and out. Bill, do you hear her going in and out or is it just me? Yeah, I hear everybody going in and out. So, I mean, okay. I hear her. I heard you too, but you were in and out too, Joel. I'm not sure. How do I sound? You sound fine. You sound great. Okay. How do I sound? Good, good. Yeah, both of these were breaking up a little bit, but that could be the, on the network. But I, I got it. I got it. It's good. Okay. We're good. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. It's okay. No, it's fine. It happens. So um, as I got a little bit older, I, you know, always had this penchant for I love old, mysterious places, architecture, castles, ghosts. And as um, I got into ghost hunting, when the ghost hunting shows really started taking off, um, you know, I, I was going to events and, and haunted locations and doing some of the ghost hunting. And my brother Joe um, had just kind of discovered podcasting. So, you know, he was really into podcasts. It was kind of a new thing that was happening then. And, you know, he and I sat down one day and he was like, well, you like this ghost hunting thing. And I, I'm into this podcasting thing. So why don't we try to do a podcast? And we're like, okay, we had no idea what it even entailed, what we were um, adventuring into. And now here we are eight seasons later with over 400 shows in the can, as they say. And um, it has just been going on from there. Yeah, and I, wow. I got into it. Awesome. I got into it mainly because, um, like Jen said, we grew up in a family that was big into mystery and stuff like that. But I was more into the space stuff you know, the UFOs, space, and stuff like that. And I ended up having a shared death experience with my best friend who passed away, which made me really think about the paranormal aspect of it or the ghosty side of it and what happens after we die. So I started researching that more. And like Jen said, we were talking one day and we're like, you know, let's just get into it and do it. And like she said, that was eight years ago and we're still going Bulls, you know, bull bore. Every week. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. And we were just talking about it before how, sure. how it goes by. Mm -hmm. It really does. Like, so, you, do you ever feel like you just started? And yeah. Give me one sec. Everyone's breaking up. We're all breaking up. Oh. We're having a really bad connection. Oh, no. Can you hear us? Yeah, we can hear you fine. Yep, for sure. I don't know where he went. 
ran away. Well, I okay, it could be a bad server, but everyone just say testing really quick. Julie, you start. Testing. One, two, three. Joe? This is Joe, Joe? testing. One, two, one, two. Testing. One, 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 two. Okay, yeah, we're kind of like sketchy, but all right. It is what it is. Right. The UFOs probably got the satellites tonight because you know we're talking about them. <laughs> but it's interesting right. how everyone has a beginning in paranormal, right? Like you, you were young, and then you're in your twenties, Jen. Um, yeah. It's fascinating, yeah. Joe. Have you ever seen a ghost? Oh yeah, uh, we've seen a few of them. Me and Jen have been to a lot of different locations, and yeah, whether it's plus in our houses, um, I know. Jen, she can talk about it more, but she lives in a haunted house, and I have had things happen here in the studio. Um, in the studio here is in the back of my house, and on the other side of the camera here is the art gallery, the hallway, and that goes into the rest of the house. And we, me and Jen did see a blue light going across one time, and I'm like, hey, I just saw blue light. And we threw everything down, and we... Uh, Jumped up. Jen had a recorder in her her phone and her um, spirit box, and we did capture a Class A EVP that night from uh, my best friend that passed. And we've also I've also had things where I've woken up in the middle of the night to a seven foot shadow figure standing over me. Um, another thing I've seen here in the house is a red shadow figure, which I've never seen before. Right. But um, that's so much in the house, but. We have been at different locations where we've seen full body apparitions, shadow figures, uh, heard voices, stuff like that. But um, Jen can speak more about her house. I that she lives in a very interesting house. Yeah, yeah. So I bought this house 17 years ago, and there had um, been a elderly couple that lived here, and he passed away possibly at his own demise. We're not sure. That was what the neighbors had told me, but I hear whistling in my house. Um, one time my mom and I were sitting at my dining room table where I'm sitting right now and we heard whistling and I thought it was my dad because my dad was a whistler and, uh, and my mom's like, your dad's here. And I was like, mom, dad doesn't drive anymore. It was at the point where he couldn't drive anymore. And we both looked at each other like we heard whistling in my house. Um, I've had apparition of my um, elderly neighbor who passed away show up in my bedroom one night. Like I was in a dead sleep. No pun intended. Oh my um, But I was completely in dream state and felt this electricity all over my body. And you guys probably know, you probably felt that too. Like at one point when, you know, spirits around and I rolled over and she was just standing there and she was milky white, kind of see through a little bit, but I know it was her. And I was so shocked that she came to see me. I didn't say anything to her and I felt guilty and bad for a long, long time after that, because I rolled over to like process it. And then I rolled back to like, acknowledge her and she was gone and i felt really bad about that for a long time i think she probably came to see you because she knew that maybe she could you know you could communicate with her yeah but again, yeah but i i feel things in this house not all the time but there's been times where like i have a, a back bedroom that i use as kind of my closet and um you know, I've, I've felt presence in there, female sometimes, 
I thought maybe I saw my one of my friends who passed away in there. I thought I saw him standing in there a couple times right after he passed. Haven't seen him in a long time, but um, you know, I, and I wonder too if is is it because of what we do and where we go. You know, we go to haunted locations and we do ghost hunting and we're in cemeteries all the time, or is it just that the spirits, you know, kind of see who is open to? Um, I won't say receive them, but for lack of a better word, you know, like do they kind of see that beacon of light, like people who are open to? you know, um, the thought of spirits or, um, you know, I, I don't know. Is it, is it the house? Is it me? Is it the land? I always I'm not sure. Same question. And I think, mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's both, mm -hmm. you know, I think they, yeah. they kind of choose who they want to, you know, to appear to and mm -hmm. we're out there all the time and we bring, you know, we get attachments that maybe that mm -hmm. are not evil, but just, are come home with us and definitely a little bit of both of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm like, I'm open to it. It doesn't, I've only had one time that it, something woke me up and it was scary. But other than that, I'm just like, Hey, I'm home. Hi everybody. You know, how's your day been? I've been at work all day. You know, so. That's how, um, that's how I am now. And our house isn't really, it's, it's not nice not a good mm -hmm. thing but after a while you're just you have to have that mentality of just okay just i'm here and leave me alone and yeah so yeah um i want to go back to joe and then to jen joe you said that a friend had passed away and you got a uh claire class a evp yeah i wish i would have had it prepared for you for the show but I, I can send it to you afterwards but well, what do you um, say like i said my friend jackie who passed away i had a shared death experience with her when she did pass away and since then we've been communicating a lot and um there's certain things that happen you know like the same song will play when i think about her um i'll go into places and for out of so no reason that song will start playing um i've had several dreams about her and um the one day we were just sitting here and doing our show we got done with the show and we were doing some meeting stuff and i saw the blue light go across the hallway there and like i say jen jumped or jen jumped up and it was a clear as day evp that said hey joe and since then i've played it for like her mom and didn't tell her i said i want you to listen to something and i played it for her and she's like, oh, my God, that's Jackie's voice. I'm like, yeah, that's it's a class, what we call a class A EVP. And if you're listening, right. you're not familiar with that. A class A is where you hear an EVP and it's perfectly clear. It's not like something that you might hear. You know, one person might hear hello and the other person might hear hey there or get out or something, you know. But a class A EVP sounds like a recording that we are hearing now on the show. And yeah, it was, it was clear as day. I mean, Jen's like, I want to know if you know who lives here. And clear as day, you hear her go, Hey, Joe. Oh, wow. It was yeah. shocking. Um, cool. You know, I, I want to say um, years ago, I was doing an experiment with Paranormal Zone TV with Noreen back in 2015. And 
because our house is haunted, right? And I had lost a friend. I lost multiple friends. We all do because I ain't no spring chicken. And the older you get, you start to lose more people in your circle of life. But what was interesting was um, one of these people, some another state far away, was using one of their devices. Anthony Sanchez, that was his name. He makes the, some of the uh, equipment. And my friend came through and says my name my friend ronnie goes phil phil mm -hmm. and it was distinctly it was him yeah and i i got goosebumps and what you're saying now just gave me chills because it's kind of like we're like the lighthouse and they know that we're into this paranormal and the supernatural and we are the communicators and they'll come to us probably first if, because we know where the receptors of we can hear you and that enlightened me because i try to debunk it right i'm trying well maybe it's this and maybe it's no it was what it was mm -hmm. now jen i have a question for you um you said that you've seen a couple people that you know that crossed over right but it's, it's not for long why do you think they can't stick around and, and i'm not trying to be funny but you see them at a glance, right? We all do. But why do you think you can't have like a conversation with them? You know, I, that's one of the things that Joe and I really, really explore is like, you know, you know, a lot of times um, we hear stories of people who, you know, show up at their funeral or um, stick around for a while. I, maybe, you know, it's, it's like they have this window and this is just a theory. They have this window of time that they're able to, choose um you know if they're going to stick around for a little bit to say their goodbyes check on their loved ones make sure they are okay before maybe they go on you know a lot of people believe in reincarnation you know maybe the soul or whatever essence or energy um we have moves on you know you go into a different realm and maybe you recycle for lack of a better term or, you know, maybe it's just that they, they've come and they've said their goodbyes and they've checked up on you and, and they've moved on into, you know, whatever soul family that they join or we don't know. That's, that's a great mystery of, of, you know, what happens on the other side. I, I, I feel like if you ask them to come, maybe they not necessarily will appear right in front of you, but it may be easier for them to send you like a sign or some kind of symbolism to just reaffirm that they're thinking of you. Like I'll, I'll give you a good example. This just happened on Sunday. Sunday was, um, would have been my dad's 93rd birthday. He passed away a couple of years ago and you always talk to him. Like everybody in my family, we were like, what's up shorty. We used to come shorty what's up shorty we miss you where are you you know come say hi you know you know shake the curtains or whatever and you know we never get i don't get much anymore used to it when he first passed but we're watching the lions game you know and the lions are winning and we're all like ah because we're you know from that area and a player gets injured on the other team and they show his jersey and on the back of his jersey, it says the word Dean. Now, that was my dad's middle name. Like, so we're all like, that's oh, wow. the sign from dad. You know, it's like, it's always not like maybe a direct sign, like they're knocking on your window when you're sleeping, but, you know, they're able to send 
you to be in that certain spot at that certain time, just to be able to see, you know, maybe that, you know, certain number on the license plate or find a dime laying on the floor, you know, maybe that was their sign or send a card. A lot of people believe in the, the symbol of cardinals coming um, as a, you know, a sign of their loved ones visiting. But, you know, I, I'm not, I can't say for sure what happens, but I, you know, I think they do the best that they can maybe when they first passed and then they got to go maybe learn their life lessons or do their life review or, or just go into the light. Who knows? Yeah. Fascinating. It is. And I agree with that. I feel like they, they give you a sign that you would know it's them. Like what you just said. Yeah. You know, to add on to that, it's just one of the things that we talk about is like um, Philip's question is why can't they just come out and say, Hey, this is so-and-so I'm on the other side. It's always like broken up. Like they can never, it's almost like they can't speak in complete sentences because they don't have enough energy or the, they're using their energy to a point where, they can only say a couple of words or something like that or move something or um, put an energy pulse out to make a noise or something. It's so bizarre. And, and like we say, we won't know till we're on the other side. But, you know, we talk to the spirits through the devices we have or even just audibly hear them or, or hear them in our minds. And it's never sentences. It's always just like cut up. And then it makes you wonder, is that how they hear us? You know, maybe they're not answering us in full senses because they're hearing us in, in single words. You know, we don't know. Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm. That's the first time I've heard someone say that. And he has a good point there, a really good point. Mm -hmm. So if we were able, if there was a device made, maybe he's got something there. Well, we can go onto that frequency. They can communicate better. Because yeah. we see, like, look, there's all these ghost sightings, right? Um, some are real, some are fake. In today's AI world, it's hard to tell what's what anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, as the old times, we know we could really, we have an eye for things. And you'll see the apparition come in and then go out. And it was based off of a DVR back in the 80s. And it, it is what it is. It's the real footage. And then it's like that glimpse of that fragment of time where they're able to cross through a hospital a lot of these are seen in hospitals um morgues um and they capture it and then we get the voice the little bits and pieces of the voice so maybe we're just not there right we're not there to make that breakthrough mm -hmm. uh so and they can actually respond in a way maybe they want to and maybe they are maybe they are answering in full sentences in that but yeah. being that between the veil, it's just not getting all the way through. It's yeah. almost like, you know, when we do these lives and the it, like you were saying earlier, how it's acting up only here in bits and pieces. Maybe it's like that too, where only that amount, you know, only a little bit of energy can break through to where we can hear them. You know, and like we say, we don't know. And, and the more we learn, the less we know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> true it's like we we just the more we learn the more questions we have and it, it's mm -hmm. just it can drive you a little nutty sometimes yeah 
Yeah, I mean, like, go down the TikTok rabbit hole of watching videos. You'd be up all night long. You could go into 70 different directions. And, oh, yeah. you I know, and then... Like that. <laughs> and that's usually how our interviews go. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so hard because, like, I'm like, I got to get up in three hours and go to work. I got to go... Wait, one more video. One more video about, you know, ghost communication. But, okay. um be like the series on tv like one more episode one more episode mm -hmm. now it's like one more one more thing on tiktok right yeah it's kind of like when you're doing ghost hunt too you know you're like okay let me just put this other piece of equipment out let's just try this let's just sit here for in the dark for another hour and just see you know what we get but yeah. um yeah well, i have a question for you guys because you guys are out there so much do you feel like it do, do you have to do residential cases I have done just a few. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like when you have done them or even any location, it, does it take more than just a few hours to really investigate a location? Even though, even I want to say residential because they're so tricky. Yeah. I, you know, like uh, from what I've talked to people who have done, you know, this for a very long time, just going into a location once is not going to give you the answers or give the family the answers. You have to do serious background and dig in. You have to check these people's, you know, environment in the home. It could be just something electronic. It could be high, you know, EMF readings that are giving them hallucinations. You have to look at their mental stability. You know, is there any history of of mental illness in the family that could be causing somebody to maybe have hallucinations. Um, you know, activity could happen around a certain time or a certain person. And maybe that person's only in that house three days a week yeah. or comes and visit once a month. You know, we've had um, friends who had a, a, a really, really terrific, like really terrible case um, right around here where I live. And they spent years trying to help this family rid. And I'll just give you a light background because they, they, you know, allowed us to talk about it, but it was basically a young man in his probably twenties or thirties who had lived in the house, who was, um, had drug problem, mental illness, um, violence, um, you know, all kinds of uh, domestic abuses, um, end up unaliving himself um, in the house. And it took a long, long, long time for them to work through that case because it didn't always happen. But they had, you know, nights they walked in and they walked in and hear this incredible loud noise. And they turn around and like the, the couch is stacked up with all the furniture on top of it. Or the one investigator walked in and her eyeglasses shattered from something oh, in the wow. house. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, I got goosebumps just thinking about this case because it, it was very, very tragic. The family was, um, you know, very upset. They, I don't think they were in a position to move yeah. out of the house. Um, and I think they did eventually. But, you know, it, it's so hard when you're dealing with, you know, not so much, you know, you know, this old haunted, you know, bed and breakfast where Uncle Charlie's sitting in the rocking chair versus 
a home where people are living and they're being pushed down the stairs or, you know, scratched in the shower or, you know, wake up to something screaming, you know, get out, which I've heard <laughs> a couple of times in my, in my career. Um, you know, it, it, people have to understand that what they see on the TV, it, it's not a 30 second uh, or 30 minute um, beginning, middle and end to the story. It could take years of, trying to figure out what exactly is going on. Um, you know, sometimes the family doesn't want to give you the background. They won't, they don't want to divulge some of the inf information and you have to really earn their trust yeah. and, and, you know, be able to um, really find out what, what the true cause of, you know, maybe the haunting is like this young man who, you know, I don't know if they let the investigators know right away that he, had um committed suicide um you know so it, it's hard because there's so many groups that go out there and think that they're going to go and solve some of this right you know issues that people are having in their house and you know they just don't have the experience to do it they they think they do because of what they've seen on tv and that's not always the case what you see on tv um you know like you know, you guys have probably been doing this a long time and, and have that experience and that knowledge to know that, you know, you, you have to really prepare yourself that it may take a month, two months, a year, two years to solve a case. Absolutely. And I think what do, you, what do you guys think about that? I think the best experience that you can get from you know learning how to do everything that you were just saying is really living the life in a house because mm -hmm. there is experience right there of like living it and what's real and what's not real and another question i have for you because what how how do you like if you walk into a, a location i mean like a residential case and there's a, a a child with mental illness and disabilities and how can you detach the two what if they are the weakest link in that house and are being attacked or are they hallucinating and just seeing things because they have a mental illness? Like that's yeah. the hardest thing. How do you figure out which one it could be or both? Yeah. You know, I, I would suggest that if somebody was having these kind of issues to always ask them to go to their doctor, have a checkup, have some kind of, you know, talk to a counselor, a therapist, and and to rule out those kind of things. And I would think anytime that you have a child in a home that you're having some kind of haunted activity, remove the child, <laughs> you know, like, you know, if they don't feel safe there, maybe just, you know, put them yeah. somewhere else for, oh, maybe they could stay with their grandparents and and kind of see, okay, is this still happening? Is it attached to the, yeah. the kid? Does it, does it follow them to grandma's house? Or you know, what's happening when, when the people, the, the homeowners aren't home, you know, like try to, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe bring in a good psychic medium or clairvoyant or somebody with, you know, the ability to be able to go in and maybe sense some of these things with or without the family around to see, you know, what they're picking up on. Absolutely. I would, you yeah, know, I'd like definitely. To, but I like to piggyback on what Jim was saying about um, different aspects of going in and doing investigations. Like 
Jenna's done a lot more investigating than I have. I, I always say I'm not a paranormal investigator. I'm more of a ghost hunter. I pay to play. I go into these locations. I pay to play because for one thing, you know, doing the show and everything, we don't have time to do a proper investigation, but we have been asked on many occasions to come in and help people with investigations. You know, me and Jen don't have a specific team, but we do help people with their teams. But in order to do a proper investigation, it, you may spend months researching before you even walk in, in that house, you know, to where when I do an investigation, I'm, I'm going to locations and trying to hunt for ghosts. You know, I'm, I'm doing the one nighters and stuff like that. And luckily I have had the experience or the, I shouldn't say the experience, but the, the chance to do investigations at a different locations many times. But as going into doing like a residential investigation, I don't do that. But I do know from talking to a lot of people that you have to look at things like when you walk into a house and do your environment, you know, checks, you've got to check for a bad ceiling fan. You got to check for, you know, bad, you know, like, like lead pipes in the house. Maybe they're, you know, I'm getting poisons in their bodies and making them think, or you have bad fan that's causing like infrasound. Or even when you walk in and you do your environmentals, you look at things like, do they have a lot of books on a certain topic like demonology or, you know, stuff like that? Because yeah. you have to get in, in the mind of the people that are living there. Do they look into this to create hauntings or are they just people that live there and something happens and they're scared? You know, you might walk into a house and you look and they have all this stuff, uh, skulls and books on different, you know, cults or whatever, you know, I don't know, but you may come into a situation where people are having a haunting because they either called it to the house or I've talked to people in the past that have done investigations where they go to a house because the people think it's going to be like a TV show and it's a party. You know, they show up at a location to do an investigation and there's like 50 people there because it's going to be a party. Yeah. You know, you don't know. So that's why it's important to do your research before you even show up at a location. Research the land, research the house, check and see yeah. if anything's happened in the house before. You know, you might get there and the person might say, Well, all these people were murdered in this house, and then you might find out that it was never true. You know, so you, you really gotta do your research. And I mean, I'm not the best to talk about that because like I say, I I pay to play. I go to these locations. Um, we've been to a few and there's a few here in town here that we go to a lot. And like I say, we get the opportunity to go to these places a lot. So we do learn the different aspects of that building, but that's just yeah. us, you know? Yeah. I agree. Um, and I believe in my knowledge, we are the batteries. Mm -hmm. We are the batteries. You take a whole the location, put a DVR, no one's in the home. Maybe, maybe you'll get a few apparitions. Put someone in that home alone, alone with a camera that's in fear. Your electrical charge will charge the entity, spirit, whatever you want to label it as, and things will happen in that house. Now put 10 people in fear in that house, and you're going to magnify that. So 
we learned this through trial and error and where the Duracell batteries that charge these things. And some people get affected and taken over, oppression, possession. Some people get crazy upstairs. They want to fight everybody, which Julie and I have experienced. Um, you know, and then when everybody leaves, nothing happens. Absolutely nothing besides a camera on the wall. So it's kind of like we're the, uh, we're the conduit of energy for some of these things to, you know, get their feet off of, like the Amityville house. I bring up that case so many times because there's a lot of realism to that case. Look, you can have one family A, they're affected, who's possessed and, and whatnot. Family B, nothing happens to them. They're like, well, there was nothing here. Well, it just doesn't mean nothing was there. It just means that family B is not putting out that charge for these things to even care. That's what we've learned in our experience. Because I like to debunk everything. I like to rule out everything. And I don't care who you are and how long you've been investigating. It means nothing to me. What means something to me is the truth. Class A EVP, not off of a spirit box that I'm hearing echoes. I want to hear a digital recorder. Well, I want to yeah. see a picture that's authentic. I don't want to see a picture that's an optical illusion or matrix cinema and say, no, it's pizza. No, it's Mrs. Jones. She's the ghost. I don't want to hear that because okay. that's just making up stuff. We're fooling ourselves. And one thing for sure is I don't have time to fool myself. If I'm going to capture something and I'm going to go to bed with one eye open, I want to make sure it's the real deal. Amen to that. Yeah. And, two yeah. things about and you know, oh, go ahead, John. Oh, go ahead. Well, two no, I was just going to say, <laughs> we always talk over each other. Go ahead, Joey. Okay. No, two things about that. You know, me and Jen both have been trained as life coaching or life coaches and that. So we look into that also on, you know, outside of our paranormal life. Um, and the power of intention, you know, whatever intent you put into this is what you're going to get out. It's just like using the dowsing rods or that. It's all intention. But studies have proven now you have seen where people get uh, electronic readings out of their minds, you know, like uh, uh, I want to say EKG, but that's not right. Um, brainwave activity can be recorded by putting sensors on your head. Okay. They have found that there's a new device out there that doesn't physically touch your head. Okay. But it still records those brain activities. So which tells me that when we talk about like the power of intention or the law of attraction, that's a true thing because whatever you think you're putting that energy out in the universe. Yeah. Okay. It's a physical thing. It's been proven. And by like, like uh, Philip was saying, you could put someone in that house that has the intention of, nothing ever happens, you know, or, or you could put a, someone in that house that has that intention of, oh my God, they're always here. They're always here. This is it. This, you know, and, and it's a true thing because whatever we put out, we receive because literally the electronic waves are coming out of our mind and going out in the universe. And it's a measured thing and you can use that for good or evil. But, you know, if you go into a location and say, I always see ghosts. I always see ghosts. Well, they're going to hear that and they may come to you or just the opposite. You know, if you go into a location and, you know, aren't, aren't as good of a receiver for that, they're not going to come in. So I believe that I really do that. 
whatever intent you put out there is what you're going to get. And that's my little story. Jen, take over. Oh. Uh-uh, forget what <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but, you know, like I, I want to tell you guys a, a really interesting um, paranormal story. If you guys are open to. Yeah. To we like that. Okay. Yeah. So we have this house in Toledo here in Ohio um, that we have called the bone house. Mm-hmm. Joe and I have investigated this place maybe three or four times. It was a house that was built in the late to uh, the mid to late 1800s. It's a very small little like clapboard type house. And how we got involved in this, some of our friends um, are in a group called Hana Toledo. Now, Chris, who runs Hana Toledo, has been investigating since the early 80s. Like he was doing this long before people were, you know, the ghost shows were even around or anything. He got a call one day from this young guy who had bought this house at an auction or for a really good price. He was going to fix it, flip it, and resell it. The kid goes into this house. He starts um, to do the remodel. As he starts doing the remodel, he's, you know, like these old houses had that, you know, slat board. He starts taking the um, floorboards up, the walls, and literally bones are raining out of the walls. The entire house was filled with bones. Oh my God, I got chills. He pulls the boards off. They come flying out of the walls. They're scattered all over. There's hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands of bones in this house. He starts getting a little wackadoodle, for lack of a better word, about going to this house and, and tearing up and finding these bones. So he starts having problems. He can't sleep. Um, he feels like things are in this house. Things are moving in this house. And there's really nothing in the house. It's kind of a shell of a house. There's like no plumbing, no electricity, no running water, no gas. It's basically a shell. But you're able to like go up the wooden steps. To go up to the upstairs is like a big open attic space. The downstairs is pretty much open. Um calls our friends in to investigate. The night they go there to do the first investigation, they're standing out on the sidewalk. Now, this house is located close to the train station downtown in Toledo. Not the best neighborhood. They're standing there to do the investigation. A young man is comes up to do some kind of deal with another guy, and the guy shoots him literally in the head right in front of our investigators kills him dies on the sidewalk they're like oh my god (laughs) you know we got to come back you know it was a big mess so they come back to the house they start investigating this house they find the history of the house and i'll I'll, i won't make it too long but i mean it goes on and on the house was used as um I don't want to say used as, but Santeria had been used or, or practiced in this house since the 1800s, late 1800s. Um, there was a pulley in the attic and we couldn't figure it out. They were pulling things up 
that were being sacrificed. Right. We found, um, Joe found a bone with a face carved in it, like just randomly pulled up the floorboard and found this bone with face carved in it. We saw a young woman stand, kneeling uh, against the wall like she was praying and she was clearly not there. They found um, letters in old time Spanish found in the, in the um, walls of this man who was in love with this woman, but it was like kind of a unrequited love type thing. So we think maybe that had something to do with it. We saw shadow figures. <coughs> Excuse me. We um, were in there one night investigating and it had windows in it, but the windows weren't in real great. There was little gaps, you know, and it was like a thousand degrees. It was summertime. And I was like, I say just off the cuff, I'm surprised there are no bats in here. And just as they say it, this giant white bat that had to be at least three foot big came swooping at us, all of us. White? White. Now, there's no white bats in Ohio, and there's no large bats in Ohio. We, but like five of us all ducked because this thing came at us. And then it was gone. We couldn't find it anywhere. There was nowhere this could have gone. We had our friends had a board, a huge two by four, which they have on video, went flying across the room at them. Um, they found drawings on the wall. I mean, just like all of these things were happening. And so, you know, we had gone back several times to investigate. I had all kinds of activity. The young man who had bought this house would come in the middle, like leave his family and his young kids and just be so obsessed with digging up the bones in this house that he tore up every single inch of the yard, the garden. He showed up one night when we were investigating and was acting cuckoo and just like took off and just left his car and just started walking down the street. So it was one of the most interesting cases and investigations that we ever, ever did. And still to say cannot figure out, um, you know, uh, you know, why these spirits were there. You know, we, we think it was tied to the Santeria. We don't know if there was any human sacrifices, but there was definitely um, canine and goat and, and chicken and that type of thing, which the, the coroner did come out and get some of the bones to check them out. We never heard back from them um, just to make sure there wasn't anything that was human. Um but it was it was such a fascinating story and to be in there and and you know capture shadow figures standing behind us and and um hearing you know our friends names being spoken over you know ghost equipment you know spirit boxes you know asking them who do you want to come upstairs i mean it was it's an incredible case and the kid lost the house he didn't pay the taxes or he couldn't pay the taxes and it ended up um closure. It, it's just sitting there right now. And I don't know if anybody owns it or not. It's just a shell, but you know, he destroyed it so much, being so obsessed with digging up the bones that you couldn't even go in. Like he took all the floorboards up, yeah. poured concrete down the, the <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Okay. I get choked up. <laughs> no, it's just my cold. 
it sounds like it, it sounds like a movie to be honest yeah it was incredible that we were really lucky that we even got to go in to this space and there were confirmed deaths in the house there was he was getting like um, <laughs> not possessed, but he was oppressed. He was mm -hmm. so attached, and, and mm -hmm. it was scary, you know. One of the things that was so interesting about that house too is, you know, we use the K two meter, and um, that's one of the things I really like using. Some people don't believe it, but I I like using it to begin with. But it, I like it's simple. Yeah, mm -hmm. and. You could stand on the front porch outside, <clears throat> just have the green light on, the power light. You literally would take your hand and put it in the house, and it would go full to, full red. Take it outside, it would go back to green. So that was totally useless inside the house. So I'm like, okay, let's think about this. It's near the train station. It's close to downtown. Are there big power lines running under this house? You know, so Hunter Toledo, who is an awesome group, they do great research. They're historians, but um, they did some great work on this. And they found out that there were nothing. There was nothing. There was no power lines around the house. Uh, there was no water lines under the house, you know, except for the feed to the house. Um, but the thing about that house, too, is it had no power. The power was shut off, had no running water. It was basically a house being worked on. So everything was shut off <clears throat> and they just kept finding bones in it. And the, like Jen mentioned about me finding that little head. Um, yeah. I was there that night and I'm like, Oh really? Come on. Every board. And the guy's like, no, seriously. He took a hammer and pried a board up and we looked down and here's this little bone with a face carved in it. Mm. And he's like, see what I mean? I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> You know, I was hearing like voices kind of like, and this sounds insane, but mm -hmm. telling him, to be, you know, yeah, I don't know. We don't know. I just think too, that, you know, if I was in that situation, I'd want to keep trying to find more and maybe it just got, you know, more and more in his mind or he just kept digging and digging, you know, but yeah. he was a really nice guy, but it just really, you know, drawn him to that house. Yeah, it sounds like he was being really affected. Right, mm -hmm. Phil? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's crazy, that story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we talk about the stone tape theory, and, like, this would be a perfect example of that, you know, having rituals done for well over 150 years in a certain spot has got to imprint somewhere in the you know in the wood in the in the stone in the plaster or you know anything in there I, you know i don't know how you guys feel about that um theory but it, it's incredible like to think that you know yeah. maybe a civil war hospital has all of that you know energy embedded into into the walls into the floorboards or 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 an object even you're right. What you said, it imprinted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they hold energy. The object hold energy as well, residual energy. And I believe sometimes it can be reenacted or reactivated. That's why when I tell investigators sometimes, they'll ask me, what's the best way? What should I do? And if you go to an old home from the 1800s, 1700s, I tell them to dress up as that era if you can. Mm -hmm. 
mirror the era of the 1800s, the 1700s, get the cameras going and, and let's see what happens. And a lot of times they'll capture things that look like people from back in that time frame communicating. And you'll hear the voice, a little bit of the voices and whatnot. You'll see the man with the top hat. You'll see the woman with the thick, thick dress on. And these are quick images, but you're re-energizing, re reactivating that, that scene. And they know that. So it's fascinating. Look, there's no expert in this field. Um, <laughs> you could go down to a million questions. But what we do know verbatim is Israel. You can communicate. And that you can't debunk. You can't communicate. With who and how, I'm still fascinated by yeah. and you have right? to, You have to talk to them as if they're in front of you in their era. You know, yes. we mentioned it a yes. lot on the show that when we do investigations, let's just use the REM pod, for example. You know, we put this REM pod in the middle of the room and say, come touch this, and the lights yeah. will light up. But if you're talking about somebody that is used to candle power, they're not going to touch that to light it up or they're not going to understand that. So like I always say, this is just, it's not magic. It's just something we made in our time because they're not used to that. You know, back in 1700s, 1800s, if you went up and said, touch this candle, touch this, you know, they're not going to touch it because they know they're going to get burnt. But they see a device and, you know, if they see it, but they see a device that is lighting up, they're not going to come over and touch it because it might burn them. So we always say, this is just something we made and this is how we communicate in our time. Right. Absolutely. And then on the other hand, there's people who have passed away who were like avid ghost hunters and they know that. Mm -hmm. Come on, guys! Like you know what this piece of equipment is used for? Let's let's do this. Let's let's communicate. You know, like get on my um, EVP, get on my K two meter, get on my REM pod or whatever you're using. Let's talk about it. Laughing at us? I mean, I know. Yeah, they're probably like, I am not flicking this flashlight on. Loved ones that passed over. I mean. Who knows what they're thinking now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I always talk to my dad. I'm like, Dad, what you know? What what's happening? Like, what's what's going on over there? Are you you know, like, is there football on the other side? Are you, you know, meeting I, up with all your brothers? I believe so. Yeah, they have jobs, and I I they I think it's like very similar to all of it. It kind of reminds me of the movie The Others a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think that. It's just kind of very, very similar to what we have to do, except you don't have to pay bills. You shovel snow. Right? Unless they want to. You know, um, through all the investigations I've done and, and seen numerous teams come to our own home, and I went to other locations with Julia, what we do learn is that um, there's that cross dimension of what we think we understand and that parallel reality i call it where it's kind of like we're time shifting we can't comprehend it because we we can't go that far enough and our smarts up here we can't go that far right but it's kind of like that crossing 
And then when you get, if you were able to cross, I mean, if you didn't die and you crossed, like let's say you had the most unique out-of-body experience and you know you went to this realm that's more real than this realm, it's kind of like that is another part of it, of the existence of us and how we go on. And with these devices that we use and these haunted locations, we're trying to get through that veil. Um, it's fascinating. And, and I and I admire the work that both of you do because this is what Julie and I do. And we're learning. Look, there's no way. We learn. We, we teach what we know. And maybe 20 years from now, science will come out and say, hey, we figured this thing out, right? What we think are this is actually you know, a way of communicating now. Um, it, it goes and goes and goes down a rabbit hole, but it, it's it's interesting too. But I know some of the theories work. Like if you went to a, a 1700s building or 1800s with a lantern and you shut the power down, just go with a lantern with a few people, watch what happens. Guarantee you, you're gonna get things. Or put someone in the location first in fear and make them, as a test run, make them scream in fear alone, alone. And have your devices running, your Rempard, your K2, your, your DVR system. Now what they're doing is they're acting in fear of screaming and it's going right through the walls of the other side. And I guarantee you, if it's haunted, they'll come out. Um, and that leads me to the shadow people. What's your thoughts on shadow people? Well, um, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of am of the theory that they were never human. Um, and, you know, we've seen them a couple of times. Um, you know, sometimes you, you know, you see them on your peripheral, you're not sure, but we've had one, Joe and I were standing in my house, like literally like right here and just talking and, and chit-chatting and something dark shadow figure came right in between us both and then went into my kitchen and then went out the window so it's like you know they don't seem to interact um you know verbally you know they're always kind of lurking in the background they're not really uh, um there to um try to get your attention but they're there so you know i'm i'm not 100 convinced that shadow figures are necessarily human they may take human form or maybe a dog form or you know some other yeah. creepy crawly form but you know I don't, i'm not just i'm not sure it's they scare me though like they creep me out i see them videos and like oh my gosh you know then i can't sleep <laughs> and then i'm looking around my room at like three o'clock in the morning I'm like what's that shit my take, I got light on. my take is I did wake up in the middle of the night one night and a seven foot shadow figure was leaning over me. And I just woke up and looked and it was there for about three seconds and it vanished. And then I spent the next couple hours looking at go, going, okay, what shadow would cause this? What light coming through the window would cause this, you know, but it's shadow figures are a strange thing because like Jen said, we always see them out of a peripheral Sometimes they're straight ahead. Sometimes they're not, you know, but one of the theories that I'm thinking of is our human vision is very small. We can only see in the light spectrum, a very small sliver. There's so much, 
on the brighter side and on the darker side. And I'm not talking good and evil. I'm talking light wave, you know, infrared to lower, you know, forms. I think that the shadow figures that we're seeing might be just the energy change in what we see. Okay. Let's say we're in an old building and, and this happens to us a lot in what we call the Collingwood Arts Center here in Toledo. We, that's one of our favorite places to investigate. We were upstairs in what we call the cells where the nun, it was a convent before it was an art center. And we're up in what we call the cells and Jen saw shadow figure walk out of one room and go down the hall. And I've seen many times where you're looking down the end of the hall and you just see shadow figures going back and forth. Now that might be a spirit walking through, but we can't see the spirit. We see the energy being drained or, or the change in energy in the air, which causes shadow. Now, Lots of times the shadow figures we see, you can't see through. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a change in the light wave or something. But I don't know. You know, I also think that maybe shadow figures, because, you know, the ones that aren't straight ahead, they're always like peeking around the corner that yeah. may not be spirits. They may be like, I'll go out there. I'll, I'll go this weird. They may be aliens. Mm. I don't know. You know, or they're, they're spirits that are shy. But my theory right now, and I have a lot of different, you know, I go in and out of different theories, but I think that the way that the energy changes in a room, whether you get cold spots or whatever, I think the way that the energy changes and the shadow figures are just that energy changing in the light spectrum where it changes where you can't see through them or causes a shadow figure. I don't know. You know, it's just shadow figures are one of them things that nobody really knows, you know, and if someone says, oh, I'm an expert on it. Yeah, they're not, you know, but because we don't know. Yeah. But we really love to really dig into and try to do some scientific things on. But it's hard because you never know when a shadow figure is going to be there. So you can't really estimate what the environment is like before that. And then when it happens. But I don't know. Like I said, one night I did wake up and I saw this shadow figure and it looked like a person had one hand on the bed and was leaning over looking at me. Different now, dimensions. Yeah, yeah Sherry, it, chat, different dimensions. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could right. be just that, that much out of our dimension that we can't see it, but yet we see it, you know? Yeah. Um, we're, this hour just flew by and <laughs> I don't know how, but it just no, it's so fast, doesn't it? It always does. And that's the, that's the hard part about doing the shows is that it does go by really, really fast. <laughs> you guys are amazing. And you have, oh, thanks. Such you guys. Thank you for tell everyone where they can find you and all that good stuff. Yes. Where can we find you? Yeah. Go ahead, Jen. Uh, so everybody, you know, you can check us out. We're on all the podcast sites, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, um, Broadcast, uh, all of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, wherever you get a podcast, you can find us. You can also go to our uh, Facebook page. Uh, we have a Facebook page, 222 Paranormal Podcast. 
We're on Instagram a little bit. I kind of got away from Twitter when it went to X because there's just so much social media. You can't, you can't keep up with them all, but yeah. Or our website, tututuparanormal.com. Uh, that's where we, that's like our central hub. You can go there and find out where we're going to be, find out the um, different products that we have for sale. Um, our links to, no, well, we don't have, we don't have a link to our Patreon there yet, but it will be. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> So we really really appreciate you guys having us on and you know every time we are on somebody's show or have somebody on our show we always learn something new and we really appreciate what you guys do and and the respect that you guys have been doing this for a long time thank you thank you thank you so much really appreciate it two very intelligent well-spoken people i must say um look we all learn from each other we teach each other and this is our calling right and having said that julie wrap it up all right well special thank you to carnation for fully sponsoring the show we love them thank you and join us next monday night on the united public radio network on 105.3 and 107.7 fm from new orleans thank you guys Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.